Hey y'all, it's your fam, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, coming to you live from a humble abode of books, which the collection of books is just getting larger and larger, little by little, and that's okay today. What's going on, y'all? I'm chilling here in Texas, learning a new way of life, new culture, new language, and I find it amazing that being on this earth for five decades, I'm still realizing that people are different wherever you go. There are cultures and subcultures in the United States that most people, we're oblivious that it even exists, you know. Um, I've been here in Texas for about a little over a week. And um, from what I've gathered, there is... um, a strong conservative atmosphere, but there are a lot of liberals in Texas, man. But they're kind of, I don't, I don't know how else to put it except that they're, they're liberals on the down low. Like, they can't tell their family. They can't say that shit in public spaces, but they feel it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I find it amusing. I find that a lot of people here are conservative because they're protective over their income. They're protective over their taxes. They don't want to spend money for somebody else to live better. But they don't agree with all the social policies that are going on in conservatism. They're like, you know, I don't know why, you know, Republicans are going after the transgender community. I don't see why what somebody else does with their body or their life is any of my business. And you'd be surprised because, you know, you would think all conservatives are like, yeah, fuck transgender communities. But Most conservatives that I've met, unbeknownst to them that I am, in fact, gender fluid, spoke strongly against these anti-trans laws and bills that are coming out of what seems to be the woodwork. This whole eradicating uh, transgenderism in everyday life, that shit was, they didn't sign on for that. That wasn't their idea. And so they find themselves in this moral dilemma of not voting Republican and perhaps having to share their income or pay more taxes or staying with the conservative GOP and damn what happens to other people if, if you know, if a conservative president, president comes to fruition in a, a year and a half from now. So it, it's a real aha moment for me. Because I've discovered that Republicans aren't the big bad wolves that I think they are. It's just the wealthy. It's just the wealthy. And their hold on conservative politics is beginning to dwindle as far as constituents are concerned. But politicians have never given a fuck about their constituents. They give a shit about votes. So if corporations can manufacture votes through brainwashing techniques of how you know, transgenderism is causing them to lose money or how your taxes might have to pay for somebody to get top surgery. Well, now they're against transgenderism. And I hear a lot of that in the rhetoric. And I I hope this reaches some Republicans. Most of my listeners are on the left. But I don't know how many times I can say this I'm going to try one more time. The LGBTQIA community is not interested 
in taking anything from the conservative party. We just want to be left alone. That's all. We want to go to work. We want to love who we love. We'd like to pay our taxes. And we'd like to mind our fucking business. And I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I would love to say I I don't know why, you know, um, all of these uh, super PACs are coming after the transgender community. I do know why. Because the transgender community demands empathy. It demands being acknowledged, being allowed to exist, and being given space. And if we do that, we would have to learn about the transgender community in order to respect them as a part of the community. Because that's what you do. You know, when somebody new shows up at your door, you know, the first thing you ask is, who are you? And what are you doing here? So these marginalized communities that have been kept on the margins for so long are now moving in towards the center. And so people have to ask, well, who are you? Well, what are you doing here? And in doing that, the transgender community is going to have to start talking about what happened. And what happened was capitalists have been controlling citizens through religion, through banking, for a very long time. And the transgender community is one of the biggest rebels against capitalism because in order for transgender people to exist, they had to rebel against these expected and misinformed norms of there being only men and women on the earth or there being only male and female. Like, you know, um, there's never been intersex people born even though there's at least 35 different types of intersex that happen daily in this country, Um, that there never have been gay people unless you have to consider sin, you know? And it's like, no, there were actually gay people before the Bible was written. It wasn't a sin then. It's not a sin now. It's actually pretty fucking normal, and we need to get over ourselves. In order to do that, well, then we'd have to challenge the church. Well, the church can't afford to lose all that money, so the church is pushing conservatives to vote against transgender existence. Makes perfect sense to me, but I've read a lot of books. A lot of people have it. So when you start to get into this whole complicated conversation, it gets to be too much for most people. And they're like, God, I, you know, this is just too much. And they think I'm just creating points for them to think about. The transgender community being an educated community because they've had to be. We've had to defend our own existence. Queer people have had to defend their own existence for a long time through discourse, through these conversations, through academia, through scientific research. And the average person doesn't do all that shit to have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? So since we are in educated and academic spaces... We're also against gun violence. We're also advocates for gun safety and, and, you know, um, reasonable, rational gun safety laws. We also believe in some socialist ideals, which I don't know why that's such a problem. It's like if my neighbor is sick and doesn't have the money to see a doctor, I give some of my money to my neighbor to see the doctor, period. No problem. Okay. That sounds like a great thing to do. Sounds like a very Christian thing to do. So I don't know why that's difficulty. Oh, I have to like my neighbor in order to help them. 
that's the problem with socialism is that some people don't necessarily want to help anybody who needs help. They only want to help who they want to help. So it's kind of like a God complex. I see. When the truth is they don't really want to help anybody. It's kind of like there was a time in my life when I wanted to get in a relationship, but everybody I met wasn't good enough. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's that I really didn't want to be in a relationship, but I couldn't admit that to myself. So capitalists pretend to want to help other people because that's the right thing to say. I'm not a demon. I mean, I'm not a monster. Or am I? Because I really haven't lifted a finger for anyone else. I was listening to uh, the CEO of Starbucks just lie and bullshit. And he, he kept trying to infer that he started with nothing, that he grew up in the projects, that he, his parents didn't even own a home, and he, he created himself from nothing, and he, you know, he became a billionaire. And it's like, dude, you've exploited people at minimum wage to give you thousands of dollars an hour, and you haven't given any of that money back to your employees. To quote AOC, billionaires don't make a billion dollars. They take a billion dollars and they take it by exploiting their workforce capitalism does not like the queer community because if anyone has had to intellectually perform acrobatics in order to stay alive it is us in the queer community no matter what race no matter what religion Everyone has had pitchforks and torches against queer folk in this country and around the world. We have had to fight the powers that be from the fucking day we're born, man. I mean, now it's like we don't even get a say. It's like there's just a gender reveal party. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, bitch, in 13 years, you're going to be disappointed because this motherfucker ain't staying the gender you think they are right now. And I still don't understand why we're still having gender reveal parties because of that, but I digress. Does this mean that the indigenous of, of the United States haven't had to fight capitalism? Fuck no, man. The indigenous people are the most struggling and most oppressed people in this country and have been for five centuries. Period. Full stop. Does this mean that black people haven't had to fight intellectually to defend their own existence? Absolutely they have. But even in the black community, queer black people have had to fight to stay black in their own communities. I blame the church for most of that. The black church especially. But far too often we're not talking about how the black church is a capitalist institution. When your pastor is pushing for you to make more tides so they can have a private jet, we got a conversation that we need to have, okay? As a queer black person in this country, I can honestly tell you that there are days when I am afraid. And what I'm afraid of, I can't even put into words. Am I afraid of being physically hurt in public? Sure. Am I afraid of being verbally shamed at a Walmart somewhere? Sometimes. But what I'm afraid of mostly 
is that if I don't put this makeup on and go outside and brave the adversity, it's going to be easier to kill a queer black person in the next generation. And that is a choice that I have to make every fucking day. I know I've, I've told this story before, but I, I feel like it just, I need to reiterate this. Uh, during a Q&A with Dr. Angela Y. Davis, I said to her, why'd you stay here? Why haven't you just left? And when she asked me what I meant, I was like, you know, you graduated from the School of Philosophy in Berlin. You have friends in Africa, in Europe, in Asia. You could be anywhere. They were checking your car for bombs while you were working at Berkeley. Like, you were one of the most hated people in the country. There were people plotting to kill you 24-7. Why stay here? Why keep fighting this? Why not leave it to somebody else? Haven't you done your time as an activist? And this elderly woman with these gray curls and seriously exhausted bags beneath her eyes patiently, tolerantly smiled and replied, what about the people who can't leave? Fuck. So at some point today, I'm going outside in my makeup. And I can tell you I'm nervous. But it's got to happen. Will I run into somebody who recognizes me from TikTok? It's possible. Will I run into somebody that might throw a full beer can at me out a driver's side window? Also possible. But I know one thing for certain and two things to be true. And that is if I don't wear this makeup outside, nothing changes. And if nothing changes, that makes it easier to kill people like me in the future. I can't be responsible for that. I have a friend named Joe. And when I was 17, Joe taught me one of the most valuable lessons that I have ever, ever had. And I know I've done a podcast about this too, but he talked about the responsibility to love and how it lies with each individual on this planet. And whether I like it or not, in every interaction with another human being, it is my responsibility that love exists between us in some form or fashion. Now, does it mean hugging somebody that wants to put an ax in my face? No. But when they walk away from me, they're going to know that my intention is love. Even if I have to whoop your ass... Just understand, you're still alive because I love you. You can still go home to your family because I love you. Even though you came here to take my life, you are still walking this earth because I love you and I love humanity enough to allow you another day to learn your lesson. We'll be back. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, the way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that 
um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I, I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care. Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast and it is absolutely amazing they have characters they have actors they have different people doing voiceovers it is so ridiculously dope y'all gotta check this out um i'm, I'm like i'm enthralled I'm, i i can't stop listening to it this shit is crazy and i gotta tell you all the actors are they're straight they're queer they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they, thems, they, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and there's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, y'all, we are back. So check it, check it, check it out. This is this is what like I don't understand. Getting back to the very beginning of this episode, I am so scared to walk around Texas, especially this part of Texas. I'm in Bryan College Station, Texas, on the Bryan side. And y'all, I am so worried about being out and proud, out in existence, out with everybody else and sharing space, because man. Uh, these are some these are some seriously tough days you know state of Kentucky just passed the strongest anti-trans law that we've seen and it's not being challenged by our president there's not enough outrage to enable me to feel like we're still moving forward like I feel like this is the official two steps back we just took and I don't know when it's going to be that we get those three steps forward to make up for it. And I just want to say something. If, if you are a conservative, if you're a Republican, I want to tell you, I'm not out to hurt you. I want to tell you that I acknowledge that I look different than most or all the people you know. But I want to tell you I'm not dangerous. I have no intentions to hurt anybody's children. I have no intentions to change anyone's mind away from whatever spiritual beliefs they have. I just want to be able to walk down the street, enter a Walmart, buy what I need for my home, go to a bar with friends, go to work, pay my taxes and go home, man. And maybe if you could relay this message to other people and let them know that 
I'm one of you. We're all together in this country. And whether or not you want your taxes to go to help the poor or not, that's got nothing to do with me. I'm not trying to stop you from living your life. I can honestly say that I have yet to hear of a liberal or leftist policy that is going to cost lives. May cost money, but not lives. A lot of these conservative policies that are happening are going to cost whole entire ass lives. AF. Do you, I mean, do you hear what I'm saying? Like, this is what I need you to understand. This isn't about where your tax dollar goes. This is about who lives and who is allowed to just die. Now, I'm not trans. But being a gender-fluid person, I'm sometimes confused with the transgender population. I'm okay with the equipment I was born with. I'm okay with... Um, some of the ideas of masculinity that is assigned to me at birth. What I'm not okay with is people wanting to pull an AR-15 and blow my brains out because of it. So if you could do me a favor, and you could talk to your friends, your neighbors, your family, and tell them, I'm a nice person. I don't mean anyone any harm. I just want to live and love. And I hope you want to do the same. And maybe we could stop talking about this and move on to some other issues because the queer community is nobody's enemy. No matter what someone else is trying to tell you, all we want to do is love other people. That's it. And, you know, I mean, if we did, if we do own some guns, we might want to bejewel them a little bit, maybe put a pink handle on them, you know, stuff like that. But other than that, I mean, that's not really, you know, that bad, you know. (laughs) So I am, on another note, I'm working on my writing and I'm writing on my memoir. And I don't know when that'll be in stores. Don't even ask. I'm not that far yet. Um, And I'm finishing up a, a second manuscript of poetry. And if you know a small maybe black-owned press or queer-owned press that'd be interested in publishing my poems, please let me know um, because that's going to be the first step out of the box and then I'm going to move into getting this memoir finished for good. Um, And uh, I'm also looking to start a writing workshop. I know I've made some posts about that, but uh, it's not really getting any traction. So um, you can always leave me a voice response in here if you're looking to do some uh, Zoom meetings and some Zoom classes and we can talk about your manuscript, your poetry. We can get that done too. I'm really just looking to build with other people and connect. I think one of the things that has really disturbed me lately is how many people have come out of the woodworks on social media to be followed, but never to follow anyone else. You know, they got 100,000, a million, 10 million followers and they're following like 64 people. And I'm like, really? Really? You want to build connection with other people, but you're not following but 64 people with your 21 million people ass. Anyway, watch out for the narcissists in social media, man. They are not interested in meeting someone halfway with anything. They're just like, see me, attend to me, give me money, see you later. (laughs) 
<laughs> tap the screen because that's what I want you to do. Send me jewels. Y'all not sending me enough jewels. And, you know, there are people out there with low enough self-esteem to just obey. And it's kind of sad. But I can honestly tell you that my experience in social media has been mostly good. Actually, mostly amazing. And uh, it spawned this podcast. And this this, this podcast has spawned so many relationships with other people that it's enabled me to reflect on the 52 years, almost 53. This month will be 53 years on this earth. And I want to tell you something that I've realized. I realized that when I was born, all I wanted to do was... I didn't even want anything. I just simply existed. And I'm sure at some point during my child years, I I realized I was safe. I realized that everything's going to be okay and that the people around me love me. And then somewhere, somewhere around public education, capitalists took over and there was fear and there was a pecking order and there was classism and there was racism and, you know, homophobia, transphobia. And I learned all of this growing up in my adolescence. I got some adolescence and realized that the world, at least the world as I knew it, really didn't give a fuck about me. And I began to rebel against it. But I wasn't sure what I was rebelling against. And then in my 20s, I realized it was systemic racism. It was capitalism. And by the time I got to my 40s, I was exhausted. I was a cynic. I was, quote, tired of the bullshit, end quote. And now in my 50s, I feel like I've been able to take a step back, reflect on, my, on the part I play in this world. And I'm back to where I was at some point during my toddler years and that all I want to do is love and be loved again. And to some extent, I feel safe in my own skin. And I still have some of that cynicism from my 40s that keeps me alive that says, you mm, can't trust everybody. can't just be in a public place acting like, you know, the world is a safe place because it isn't. I hope we all get to a place, to a society. I hope we evolve into a society where that feeling of safety that some of us have as toddlers, most of us have as toddlers, and we believe that that woman that changes our diapers or that man that lets us ride his shoulders... We, we believe that everyone is like that, in support, in tune with seeing each other live our best lives. God, that'd be a beautiful sight to see. Imagine if everyone wanted everyone else to live our best lives. Remember to love yourself. And if you fall short, remember you can start your day over at any time, anywhere, with anybody, because loving yourself is more important than anything else on this earth. And I'll talk to y'all later. Love you. Bye.